Ritual, I think, is misunderstood by a lot of people. I think it's a practice for me. It grounds me and it connects me to who I am, what my intentions are for the day, what I want to bring for the world. And I think it's just, it's the intention we put in it that makes it a ritual. It gives us a sense of something deeper. Otherwise, what is all this about? You bring up Silicon Valley, which I think is so ironic because most of the people in Silicon Valley live in Mill Valley. And most of the yeah. people, and Mill Valley has A, banned 5G, and two, sent all their kids to Waldorf, which has no access to televisions or phones or media or internet. Isn't that ironic? You be careful what you say, especially about money. Money is an energetic thing that, that I respect and value. And I don't talk shit about money anymore at all. I am uh, grateful yeah. for money because money is freedom. I think that's what most of us are interested in. Like, how do you create a life of freedom with business as a vehicle? That's Shiva Rose. And this is episode 486 of the Wellness and Wisdom podcast. Wellness and Wisdom, where we explore the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. Shiva Rose is a former actress, naturalist, and author of the book Whole Beauty, Daily Rituals and Natural Recipes for Lifelong Beauty and Wellness. She's the modern alchemist using nature and beauty to create well-being and harmony in the world. This is the Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. I am Josh Trent, and over the past 20 plus years, I've been searching for the answer to the deepest question way down at the bottom of my heart. And that question is, how do I live my life well? What is the wisdom that I get to acquire in order for me to do so? And in this podcast today, you and I are understanding what beauty means for men and women, but not just beauty rituals, and a connection to our five senses, what that means, and how we can connect to the natural world in order for us to do so. But I think it's a paradox, right? Most people, when they hear the word beauty or even skincare or Ayurvedic rituals too, there tends to be a feminine energy or an emphasis on the feminine. But isn't it beautiful that in this true paradox, men and women both have a feminine energy inside of them? At least I think so. And I think after you hear the truth from Shiva today, you're going to feel this way too, or at least have your thinking changed, whether you're a man or a woman, in the way you see beauty and ritual and a connection to the natural world. One thing I love about Shiva is she's a wealth of knowledge. She shares with us today how she escaped from Iran to Hollywood. And at the age of 25, after giving birth to her first daughter, she was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease that set her on a path as a naturalist and activist that I know is going to inspire you on your wellness journey. By the end of this episode, it's my promise that you'll have a deeper understanding and availability for embodiment around how to step into your own authenticity through creating a deeper connection to your five senses and how to create your own ritual. You'll learn how Shiva discovered her own childhood trauma through disease and how Shiva sees beauty as a healing modality. We'll also talk about why establishing boundaries as an empath is so important and what Shiva calls beauty blockages. We'll explore the unexpected life journeys that make the intention of rituals so much more important and honestly so much more sacred. We'll talk about spirituality and God today, so maybe that's a trigger for you. I invite you to lean in. I think whenever I get triggered, it's my best teacher. <laughs> so lean in if you get triggered. You may get triggered, and that's a good thing. We'll talk about the bridge between business and spirituality. And if you're somebody that's trained in Ayurvedic healing methods, or you've been curious about the doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha, you'll want to stick around to the end of the episode because we go deep into the freedom and the wellness and the wholeness that this awareness can bring you living in harmony with the earth 
in harmony with your temperature, in harmony with the flow of life. If you're inspired by Shiva's business and the way that she thinks and lives and works so closely with the earth, how healthy her beauty products are for you and for all the men and women out there in the world, she gave us a awesome discount, which for a small business owner is kind of hard to do, but she gave it to us anyways. JoshTrent.com forward slash Shiva Rose entered the code Josh. Shiva gave you 20% off the entire cart, which is a wonderful savings. And her products are very, very high quality. So this type of a discount you won't find anywhere else online. JoshTrent.com forward slash Shiva. That's S-H-I-V-A-R-O-S-E. JoshTrent.com forward slash Shiva Rose. Enter the code Josh and you get 20% off your entire nourishing order with the one and only Shiva Rose. Today is a beautiful day. Shiva Rose, welcome to the studio. Thank you. This has been a long time coming. <laughs> I know. This is our third round. Third time is the charm. Yes, I'm very uh, happy to be here. Me too. And, you know, I got to meet you from our friends, Luke and Allison, and it was mm. such a great dinner. And it was like one of those dinners where and I Dr. wished- Dr. John. And Dr. John, <laughs> I wished we had like recorded the yeah. dinner. Oh and so gosh. I don't know when that was, maybe months ago, but, you know, I've been following you and I, I've been reading some of your book, Whole Beauty, and y'all need to check this book out right here if you're watching on YouTube. Mm. Um, what an incredible story Thank that you've you. been through. We're going to dive into that and really like how this concept of beauty relates to men and to women. Mm -hmm. So I thought as a good jumping off point, you know, in my own life, I've always had vanity and I've always had like um, earlier in life weight issues where I was like 280 pounds. And I think most people can relate to having some type of a vanity issue or a, a self-love issue. With that as a lens, how would you even begin to define now at your age, you know, being a mom of two, like everything that you stand for? How do you see beauty now compared to the beauty that you might have defined in your teens or your 20s? Let's, let's just mm -hmm. start there. Well, that's fascinating because... I always say I feel better in my body now than I ever did in my 20s and 30s, but I also was suffering from autoimmune issues. So, you know, a lot of the book is also about health and uh, and how I really think that you exude a glowing, luminous um, beauty when you feel good and when your body's working and when yeah. and when you're detoxing in the right way, when you're eating the right foods, drinking the right water. Uh, thinking the right thoughts, uh, having these practices. So I really, you know, and I think now we're finally realizing that and especially in our little community. Yeah. So, and in Ayurveda, you know, my book is based on Ayurveda, which is 5,000 years old of these rituals and traditions, which are all about beauty from the inside out. Mm, I love that because everybody can relate to like having something that they want to hide. Mm -hmm. And I think about true beauty. It's something that really wants to be seen. Mm -hmm. Like when I, when I look at a rose and I'm curious, maybe you can share with us right after this question, the rose aspect of you. I never want to rush a rose. And if I pick a rose, it dies. Or if I shade the rose and try to protect it, the sun can't get in. So what is it about the rose that's in your name and the etymology uh, that, that aligns with that? Yes. Well, Rose, my grandmother was named Rose, Rose uh, Marie. And she was the one who sort of, you know, brought me into the whole world of flowers. She knew every wildflower when we'd go hiking in the mountains. And, mm. um, and roses are the highest vibrational plant on the earth. 
they exude the highest frequency of any other plant. Yes, the rose. And the rose, now, if you go deep into the rose, it signifies Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene. um, All cultures pretty much revere the rose. It's called the queen of all flowers. And it's a heart opening. It's, um, I mean, I like to think of it as a woman's, you know, yoni as well. I mean, it's so, there's so many metaphors there with, with the rose. So my name, um, Rose is my middle name, but when I got divorced from my husband, I was married for 16 years. When that happened, I decided to drop, to drop my married name and then drop my father's name. My father's Iranian and just keep the rose. So that's yeah. how Shiva Rose came about. In your book, you were talking about when you were super young in Iran, sitting next to a spring or a pond. And already at that age, you knew that this ritual was something that you naturally just wanted to do. The yeah. The ritual aspect is really interesting because so many of us, we lose the ritual because we quote, get busy or we have to make the money or we just honestly get stuck in the mind. Yeah. We just get stuck neck up. So right. I'm curious like today, and we're going to dive way more into your story, but you know, that part where you talked about being next to the pond and mm. how the ritual was so natural Thank when you're you a for, young girl. For seeing that. Yeah. Like, it. can you, can you go there emotionally, physically in your heart right now? And, and does it feel different or exactly the same? Huh, it's interesting. Well, uh, I'm kind of going deep into water priestess rituals right now in my personal life. That sounds very spiritual. (laughs) Well, it's also needed since we're in a drought here in Texas and most of the U.S. So, um, but one of the things, I think that was the beginning of my connection to the water spirits, Mm. to the water spirits, the devas. Devas are fairies in, in Hindu. And I think in Iran, in that moment, I sort of connected to the water devas and yes, to beauty, slowing down to the natural world. And that really did imprint on me, you know, and starting to create beauty products, being an alchemist, all of that, the childhood stuff that we sort of, yes, suppress and close the door on. I feel like that's the key to our authenticity, right? Yeah. I think about the book, The Alchemist that just rocked my world. I'm sure you've read the book or heard the book maybe multiple times, yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting. And I'm not going to ruin it for people that haven't read that book. There, there's a part where the young character has to just fully let go. And, and in your life, especially in 1979, like you had to let go of everything. You had to escape Iran. Oh yeah. You had to come over to the United States. Like, what was that like for you? Yes. And this is such a parallel because you know what's happening right now today, as yeah. we're sitting here, women are rising up after 40 almost 44 years of it's suppression about it's about time and it's right around the time. I mean, it's in, insane that yeah. this is happening right now. And, it, and by the way, it takes so much courage because they're being shot. I mean, so far I think the death count is over 79 and I'm sure more because women are cutting off their hair, taking off their veils, marching in the streets, you know, and there's morality police and, uh, you know, all these horrific things happening. So, yeah, it just it seems like, like it seems like something from the Gilded Age. It doesn't yeah. even seem real. Like, right. it, like we could allow times. it yeah. as a collective to happen right now. Uh, it's fucking insane, it's that, insane that things are still occurring. And from I want to know where the Me Too, where like the women in the Western world, I don't see enough activity in that, you know, and I mm. feel like we, we should all be rising together. Yeah. Um, but yes, so that uh, is it's a it's a crazy time. And it's also incredible that it's women that are creating a revolution. I mean, men also are marching in the streets, getting arrested, 
but it's the women who've inspired this. And now the men and women of Iran are fighting against this uh, oppressive regime. So in 79, you were a young girl. And, and when you guys literally escaped, yes. do you remember that? What was oh, that yeah. like? How, yeah, how did you escape? Was, um, we escaped in the middle of the night. My dad's Iranian. My mom's American. And uh, this is right before the hostage situation, too. So we knew that we had to get out. Um, and we had well, so I'll, I'll go back a little bit. We were living under martial law which means we had no electricity. We were living off canned foods and we lived in the countryside. Kind of interesting because where I live now in Texas reminds me a lot of where I grew up in Iran for the first 10 years of my life. Um, but we could hear machine guns, tanks in the distance. And a lot of people came to our house because we lived in the country and we were living by candlelight, eating canned goods. And then I just remember my parents waking my brother and I up and getting us in a car and taking, like we had no explanation yeah. and we were allowed to take one thing with us. And I took a stuffed animal. Um, and then Aww. we were, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we were smuggled. We were smuggled on a plane with um, some flight attendants from British airways. We were smuggled out on that plane and escaped, but then it's a whole nother story. We actually got caught on the border and the plane had to land and then we were held prisoner it's a crazy, crazy story. Oh, so that trauma, like you let go of literally, how old were you at the time? 10. So you were like 10, which is, you know, the brain is very moldable at that time, especially zero through seven. But even as a 10 year old, like you're, you're, you, we are a rose when we're 10, we're very gentle. So anything that mm -hmm. gets imprinted like trauma, we can spend the rest of our lives, um, either looking at that and, and becoming free of that or ignoring it. And then it runs at the subconscious, you know, yes. young until you make the unconscious conscious, it'll run your life and you'll call it fate. And so I wonder if you could look back and think about the ways in which your own beauty, your own expression, your own beingness mm. was stunted, was blocked from that mm. trauma. And then let's start to unwind how, how you <laughs> oh my goodness. did that. I know it's a really big question, but, but I think Wait, most what people sign can, are you? <laughs> I'm a Taurus. Oh, okay. Taurus. Just curious. Yeah, I was curious because you go deep. <laughs> I like to go deep. <laughs> you must it's, have Scorpio in your in your chart. I do. Yes. <laughs> See, Carrie would love this conversation because right. she's all about astrology. Is she okay? And I, I love it too. I think it's interesting. Yeah. But I think um, you know people like yourself. I know you follow the Vedic astrology. I'm sure. I do. Oh, actually, I like or Western. Maybe both. Too. Okay. Yeah, a little both. So I love it, and I think sometimes, not all the time, sometimes people can use it as an excuse, right, to like oh, act yes. a certain way or be a certain way. So yeah, I'm curious, like in, in the beginning part of your, of your unpacking of the trauma, mm. what did that look like for you? Cause emotional stress affects our beauty, men or women, um, physiological stress affects our beauty mm. and environmental stress of everything is basically either letting us express and be free, which is beauty mm -hmm. or not. So was there a time, was there a turning point where you were like, okay, I really identify that I do have this trauma and I'm going to take an honest look at it. Mm. Well, you know, it's interesting. I don't think, you know, and especially the language of when I was growing up, we didn't even know we had trauma. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm older. I'm so like the eighties, <laughs> you know, we didn't I was really... born in 1980. Okay. Yeah, well, I, get it. well we, I don't think we really talked about that stuff. No. We didn't really know. It was more like just put some dirt on it and get back yes. out there. But I mean, yeah. I, my grandma, Rose, uh, she definitely knew there was, because I would have night terrors. I walk in my sleep. I chewed my fingernail. You know, I remember her taking me shopping for clothes. We were refugees. I mean, we left everything behind, everything. 
Um, and I remember her taking me shopping and I, I wouldn't be able to make a choice, you know, I couldn't, so I was frozen in mm. that, you know, now I can see it was, you know, flight or flight, um, or freeze. So you're, you're um, in the freeze one. And there's also fawn too, mm, which is interesting. Yeah. If you look at Stephen Porge's work and the polyvagal theory, there's Incredible. a lot of research coming out about fawning, fawning, where you, you know, if, if you're in trauma, you'll try to just make amends and make peace with the person right. as quickly as possible so that, that makes you feel sense. safe. That's my tendency is to Yeah, fawn. I was going to say, I could, I am sure I've <laughs> gone there too. Yeah. Um, so yes, I think the trauma was there, but it wasn't until years and it wasn't until I was pregnant with my first daughter at 25 and, uh, I was not feeling well after I gave birth to her. And I went to see a doctor because um, I had something on my back. I thought it was a bruise. And he sent me to a rheumatologist and a rheumatologist told me I had a year to live because I had scleroderma, lupus, and rheumatoid arthritis. And I think that was the beginning of me coming <sighs> to terms with the fact that maybe I had trauma. Your own mortality as well. Yeah. Was the mortality the ultimate reminder was that what opened up the chasm for you to look at what had occurred well i think being first of all when he told me i had a year to live i told him to f off and that was you know my That's a first, natural response yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well because that got me propelled me into holistic healing yeah and look it was like years before i finally was able to look at that and go oh yes this is trauma that i've internalized into my body so I have, you know, rheumatoid arthritis or my back, which your back represents your past. I had, you know, morphia, scleroderma on my back, which is hardening of the collagen. And it was going towards my lungs, basically. And, and you were in your 20s? I was in my 20s, yeah. So for, can you imagine, can anyone with us imagine in your 20s for a doctor to say, hey, you have a year to live? Like my I mean, response would be fuck you as well. Like I, <laughs> I know. it like wouldn't register. There, well, there's you no and way. I, I mean, register. there's a lot of people who actually, sadly, you know, they take the label. That's why I'm very critical of the allopathic medicine because they label us and put us in yeah. a box and then we're forever like thinking we're this thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas the body heals, the body is capable of such incredible healing and wants to heal. And that's, you know, instead of hearing that prognosis, you know, which is what we should be hearing. Um, but yes, so that, but that catapulted me. That was like a beautiful lotus in the mud moment, which catapulted me into holistic medicine, which got me into beauty, which got me into meditation. You know, so many things came from that diagnosis. So when you started in the beauty realm, did you notice that it was pretty like, topical and pretty skin deep. In other words, there wasn't people talking about what we eat, our emotional processing and all the ways that, that really holistic health affect the skin, affect beauty. Was mm. that not the conversation when you got in or was it the beginning um, of the conversation? Be not Okay. So actually I was an actress for many years. So I was in the world of beauty, but it wasn't the kind of beauty that that the book is about that actually came about. I started my blog, uh, after I got divorced and then I was doing Kundalini yoga every day. And then the download came to start my beauty line. And then I realized beauty is actually a healing modality. And, you mm. know, that's the, that's the opposite of fear, opposite of, of, you know, depression, beauty and beauty can be anything. Beauty can be a beautiful concerto, beautiful, a beautiful rose, you know, beautiful putting on these ritualistic oils and creams and uh, imbuing ourselves with self-love. 
sunning our yonis in the you know in the sun, hey. <laughs> laying under the moonlight. That's a cool visual. These are all, <laughs> <laughs> but these are all you know, which raises testosterone. I'm sure right. you know, yeah. like yeah. or the sun, red light, or the red light. But yeah. the sun is like, hello, it's I know the sun is like our greatest ally, and it's been vilified. Yeah, it's fascinating to me because so much of what I thought I knew about health and wellness compared to now, it's not necessarily changed, but in the beginning it changed so much. I had to go through an identity crisis. I was a trainer for 10 years. Mm. And so in the fitness world and like working with clients on the gym floor. So it was all about calories in calories out, follow the Western paradigm. And I was just kind of a product of the system. Of course. And, and I look back on myself with compassion because like I did the best I could. And I think we always do. Is there one thing about when you started compared to now in 2022 mm. that you realized and specifically with the beauty industry that maybe you would have done differently or maybe you were still kind of shedding the system? You in know, a it's way. interesting. I've always been uh, a questioner. Like I remember in the nineties, you probably don't know this, but a lot of women were doing microdermabrasion, which is where they were, they're like sloughing off their skin with these little beads. Oh. And I remember, yeah. And I was always like, Oh, that doesn't seem like intuitively. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a rebel in every way. So I think I've always been sort of like, I don't know if that seems beautiful. Like it would be good for my skin, mm. you know, and now I'm seeing, Oh gosh, thank God I didn't do that because it actually thins the layers of your skin. Just like these peels that so many people do constantly or these lasers or, you know, eventually there's a cumulative effect. And I think I've always been so sensitive that I'm questioning things. You yeah. Know? Maybe this is why you live off grid too. Cause you're yeah. sensitive to <laughs> Wi-Fi and to oh just people's energy and whatnot. Completely. I asked you before we started recording, I was like, Hey, Shiva, are you an empath? And you're like, yeah, but we agreed with boundaries. And I remember I interviewed, um, James Schmachtenberger and he said, you know, people that have empathy, they sometimes can label themselves as uh, empathetic people but they really are just people that are very sensitive with poor boundaries. And mm. I thought, wow, that is like so powerful. That is powerful. I just saw him here at the Modern Nirvana Conference and I got yeah. to share with him, hey, you told me that two years ago and it stuck. You know, that's, so that's why I love podcasting because I'm sure you'll put something down today that I just remember. And that's that's why we are, mm. we're all here. So I'm curious for you, like looking back in your life, was there things that you can see now with clarity? where your boundaries were just porous mm. and that led to some of the health conditions or oh the skin goodness. conditions that you had. What, yes. what was that? Well, I mean, I was an actress, like as an actress, you have to take on these characters and you have to take on these emotional worlds. And it's such a, you know, Stella Adler said to be a great actor, you need the skin of a rhinoceros and the soul of a rose because you have to be both tough and impervious to all the rejection and having boundaries, energetic boundaries, and yet having the soul of a rose, it's the hardest thing to do. This yeah. like putting your foot on the brake and the gas at the same time, you know, you have to like love <laughs> these characters and be these characters and yet have these boundaries. So that's why a lot of actors are mad, you know, or, or like or Heath Ledger or like some of these people that, that they leave. And I'm like, did the character get in them? Did, right. Were they possessed by the character? Yes. Or like, um, you know, one of my, Vivian Lee, it was famously, she played, you know, Scarlett O'Hara and gone with the wind and Blanche Dubois and does, um, um, you know, Tennessee Williams, um, oh my gosh, streetcar named desire. So when she was, she went into a mental asylum and apparently in the end of her days, she was like 
am I Blanche or am I Scarlet? Am I Whoa. Blanche or am I Scarlet? Like she couldn't differentiate. It kind of makes you characters. wonder if we're just like a computer or something, right. like a wet computer. We are kind of a we computer. We really are. <laughs> we oh my are. God. But that's why I think I left acting because of that being an empath and feeling like too much. Huh. Um, and also, yes, I mean, I was such an, as a kid, I used to see trees chopped down and I would cry. I would be inconsolable. I would be crying like for date. My parents would be like, Oh my God, what do we, you know, what are we going to do with her? But yes, I think now I was just uh, very empathetic to, to the natural world and just so sensitive in these areas. So now I'm a very um, more discerning. Yes. I remember when I had my psychic break in Costa Rica and I came back home, it took me two years to heal it. Mm. And I went to uh, my mentor and my friend, Paul check and he, and he basically took me through a process where he started removing energetic cords from me that were attached to other people. And, um, I'm, we don't have time to go into depth. It's on another podcast that we'll link in yeah, the show I notes, need to listen but, to um, but what was really powerful is he said, you have a lifetime of cords that are attached to all the people and experiences that are sucking your energy still. Mm. And so there's something very potent and very powerful about the world we can't see. Right. And when he did that, I mean, I broke down into tears. I was exhausted that day. It really set me on a path of healing and to be real, closer to God, a path closer to God. Yes. So was there a moment in your life where you had maybe something similar like that, maybe a tough medicine journey? I think you mentioned you don't do psychedelics or you haven't, but medicine journeys don't always have to be only through psychedelics. Right. Sometimes a medicine journey can be like you Definitely. going through an ordeal. Well, so I love my, I do like uh, mushrooms <laughs> and, um, Oh, well that's definitely a psychedelic. Yeah, yeah. But I, I've never done, um, Aya. Okay. Yeah. And I've had dreams. She's come to me three yeah. times beckoning, but, uh, because I was so heavy in my Kundalini practice and yeah. my teacher who passed away, Guru Jagat always told me not to do Aya. She passed away from a foot, uh, a foot well, blood clot? I think it, I don't know. It might be, I, I'm, we're, we're, we're finding out more. Okay, got it it. might've been something like Got it. that, okay, that okay. might've led to it, but we're not sure. Mm. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, <clears throat> so it's interesting. Yeah. I, I was, so part of me really wants to do, I, uh, and I think if I ever do, I'll go down to the jungles and maybe find a shaman who I really trust. But, um, that, that seems sort of, but I've had, vis I feel like I know a little bit of what it can be like, I don't know, through dream, my dream world. And, um, but yes, what were we saying? Oh, if I, have I had dark nights of the soul? You mean a oh dark my night gosh. of the soul, maybe multiple times. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Is there one that, that's profound for you uh, now that you think of? Well, the most recent, um, I would say is, uh, about three or four years ago, I got hit by a drunk driver in, in LA and it catapulted me into some physical pain that I, I mean, I've had two children and this physical pain was far more excruciating than that. And I had such excruciating pain that I, I made a vow to God that if I overcame this, I would a share how to, for people to feel good in their body without pain mm. and donate to the children's hospital. So I did both. Uh, and I just uh, launched a course called whole health where I interviewed all these doctors on how to feel good in your body and to overcome pain and to get to the root cause of certain illnesses. Um, but yes, I think those dark nights of the soul, uh, that was probably the most recent, but I've had That's a few. That's a dark one. <laughs> yeah. That's a dark one. I've never knock on wood. And this, by the way, this is from the jungle, this I know, table. It's beautiful. I've this been is a Perota 
single slab from Costa Rica. Oh, it's incredible. It I don't know how I got it, but I got it. And and so I think it's really cool that we're sitting here it's on this lie. type of a table. It's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's got some breath truly, to it. Oh yeah. Oh, and, and so when you said you, you when it's time for you to have that kind of a medicine journey, you'll go down to the jungle. But I think a lot of times God brings us ceremony right here in the 3D, right yes. here in real life. Very good. Yeah. And there's been like unique turning points for me that honestly even allows me to sit here with you and like be in this space and share with other people and be honest. Has there ever been a time for you in your life where you were trying to hide something and then when you let it go, when you let it free and you shared it, mm. your life completely transformed? Mm, um. Well, you, I think maybe being vocal about certain things for children. How so? Uh, my daughter was uh, injured by vaccines at two. So I've been pretty vocal about that. And I think that freed up my thigh. I had thyroid issues. But once I started speaking about that, my thyroid healed. Um, and I lost, you know, it's like blasphemy to talk about that. <laughs> and I've lost friends. But then I've also, I think, gained a lot of people's um, you know, just wanting more information. And what happened to her? Um, she had uh the DTAP. She just she just became a different person. A two, after this was a two, she got on the spectrum. You know, we she my ex took her to, to get a shot, took her to the wellness visit, and they gave her a shot because we were going to Mexico and whooping cough was going around, and she basically lost um her coordination, her eyes changed. She needed glasses. She got on the spectrum of autism. She had ADHD. I mean, there was just so many, it was just like a domino effect of things that, that began to happen. So I just, it took me many years to detox her and remedy her, but it's been my greatest, uh, teacher too. Yeah. The patience that kind of, I don't know what that's like. And, you know, with our son, we are very adamant about his safety and not having things that are experimental in any way put into his body or ours. Yeah. And I, I really, you know, it's a conversation I haven't had on the podcast in quite some time, but I think about the ways in which our beauty is blocked, which is kind of a theme I feel like we're going back to yes. over and over again. Like how is our beauty, our natural expression blocked on a regular basis? Mm. And I think it is the fact that we don't speak up for what our heart wants to say. Yes. Or what our oh, soul is guiding our heart to say. Mm -hmm. What do you make of that? Why do why do you think we experience that? Well, thyroid problems are rising. I think because of that. I think people are just we're be, you know we're being forced by whatever these forces are to become these like automated you know working slaves where yeah. we're not having these expressions of I don't want to do this. I don't want to be in this matrix. I don't want to work a nine to five. I don't want to get a bunch of shots. I don't want to, you know, be a part of the system <clears throat> like to be forced to do things. I mean, we're free, we're free beings. And I think that that this is why this is such an exciting time because yeah. this is like we're on the precipice where people are finally going, wait a second, you know, enough is enough. I don't want to do this anymore. So I think it's like it's like a collective thing that's happening. So, um, yeah, that's happened to me a few times, I think, in my life. I was married for 16 years and I, I, my soul, even though I loved my husband, I think somewhere in me I needed to break free. I'd met him when I was 21. You know, I'd never done it. You know, I just I had to break free. That was another moment where, you know, I had to I had to like go through this long, hard journey to find myself. Yeah. You, know. you had said in your book that people could quote, see your dark eye circles from a mile away or something yes. like that. And it was because of maybe the things you weren't saying 
or the issues that your body was experiencing, but you didn't have the wisdom as to how to listen to it yet. Right. Can was, you can you share that? Well, yeah, I think it was a lot like the trauma the trauma that I had as a child. And, you know, we, as humans, I think we're, some of us are lazy. We won't really do the work until we're I would like, say a lot of us are yes, lazy. I mean, myself too. No judgment. I <laughs> and, but I always yeah. say like, like, like to alter, we need to, you know, we have to get to the altar, the altar of God, right? We need to like find God to alter. What do you alter. mean by that? The altar of God? Well, I think what brings us to a, our knees is what is the very thing that will get us to find God and to change ourselves to alter ourselves, you know, we, we won't change unless we're pushed. And for me, it was, yes, getting a divorce after 16 years, having horrible health issues, trying to raise two kids, you know, and I dismantled that life. I left Hollywood. I, I went up to the mountains of Santa Monica. I started growing my own food. I got bees, I got chickens. I got rid of a television. I was like, started to get in touch with nature and the earth. And that was like a dismantling of my life. Gosh, how many years ago? That was like 14 years ago, 15 years ago. So, but thank God, because that led to a blog and then the book and then my beauty line and then meeting my partner and ending up in Texas. And I mean, who knew I would never have known that 15 wow. years ago ever. Me neither. If you would have told me I would live in Austin three to four years ago, I'd be like, you're fucking crazy. Wait, where were you before? I was in San Diego, born and raised, California. Hey, like, yeah, that was my, hey. that was my home. I just I actually just got wow. back from there uh, two days ago. And California, I mean, San Diego is actually beautiful. San Diego like is, the, the climate is so gorgeous oh. that it's so alluring. Yes. Which, you know, it's really sad what's going on in California because I think it's just a mirror of what's going on in most affluent areas, especially, you know, with Silicon Valley being in California, the, the narrative that is being pushed, yes. which by the way, all of this circles back to beauty. The narrative that's being pushed <laughs> again, blocks our beauty. Cause I think beauty, at least in my definition is the way that something wants to organically express itself. And it's bloom. Like, like a flower, you yes. know, like a rose. Bloom, yeah. So I think about what's happening in Silicon Valley. And I know that you have been outspoken at least at meetings and definitely at the dinner table. But like, I just want to give permission for you and for all of us right now to actually speak about the things that are blocking our beauty. Oh my goodness. Well, the thing you bring up Silicon Valley, which I think is so ironic because most of the people in Silicon Valley live in Mill Valley and most of the, yeah. and Mill Valley has a band 5G and two, send all their kids to Waldorf, which has no access to televisions or phones or media or internet. Isn't that ironic? I mean, so like we look at the people that, you know, are creating these things and how are they living? You know, so it is interesting to see. And I have no problem, you know, speaking that out because it's something I I, I realized years ago, you know. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy time right now. And I, I think being in Texas, I feel safer, to be honest. Yes, me too. I feel safer because I know that like I personally, I train with firearms, not because I want to be like flexing my muscles and be like, look at my guns. I train with firearms because I believe it's a really great skill to have. Like I want to be a utilitarian. Like I want to be useful mm -hmm. to people. So, you know, we're looking at getting the, and this is something that we can definitely go into with you because I know you have an off-grid uh, land, right? You have a, would you call it a compound? What do you call it? <laughs> yes. Is it a ranch? It's what? a ranch, orchard, okay. farm, off-grid. Yes. What's situation. the name of it? What did you name Dyer it? Rosa. Dyer Rosa. What Dyer is my partner, Dan Dyer, ah. um, who's a Texan, like serious Texan, yes. <laughs> you know, and he wasn't going to move to California. So I moved here 
And I, we did this right before the pandemic too, which I feel like God, God led me here. I would never, I mean, it's crazy. We bought our land and we started cultivate the stream and then COVID hit. And then all my, you know, I moved here and then all my friends started to move here. Me too, yeah. I'm like, how, they were like, how did you know? I'm like, I did not know. God led me here for sure. When you, I want to go back. You said that we have to get to know the altar. Can you expand that a little bit? Because I think it might be very religious, that that word altar for people. Mm, well, altar, I mean, also I have a few altars. I have altars in on our land where I offer bones and crystals and flowers. And it's like an offering to the land um, because it's giving us so much. And I want to show my appreciation. Uh, I have an altar in my house where I have, you know, photos and, and, and I offer flowers and water for my water practices and burn incense and, you know, do my meditations or my prayers. Um, and then it's how we alter. I mean, I know they're spelled a little different, but it's interesting oh, how they yeah. sound different, but that's how we alter yeah. is by getting to that altar, you know, and it's also where we get married, isn't it? <laughs> it's sort of a marriage, a spiritual marriage. Um, my partner and I, we, I mean, we're not, we're not married in the, in the legal sense, but he always says, if you buy land in Texas, that means you're married. So it sounds like it. So, <laughs> so what I heard from you is that the altar could be both spiritual and it can also be a, a place where, tra where transformation yes. takes place. So altar E altar A, a they're yes. very similar yet. They're also fundamentally different. I, I feel like one of them is a, a health practice and you talk about the rituals. It's one of the core things in your book like a ritual of coming to an altar, whether it's a space in your house. And I talk about this in the the Breathe program. We have like a thousand students at breathwork.io. And I always tell people in the program, like make sure you have a place in your house where that's all that you do. Is like, that's where you go to pray. That's where you go to meditate. That's where you go to breathe. Because if not, we can get a crossover. There can yes. be kind of like leaky energy. Mm. How do you how do you really define ritual? And maybe talk about what you wrote in the book. Because mm -hmm. ritual, I think, is misunderstood by a lot of people. Some people right. think that just drinking a cup of coffee no, is a no, ritual. I think it's, I think it's, it's much intention. more. It's intention. And I think it's a practice because when you do it every, every day, it's like a form of, I mean, we're spiritual creatures, right? And I think it's sort of like, for me, it grounds me and it connects me to who I am, what my intentions are for the day, what I want to bring for the world. You know, like I said, I'm doing these water practices. So I have a water, um, one, one urn of water that's for myself and what I want to beckon for myself, health and uh, mental health, physical health and for my family. And then I have one a bowl of water for the planet collectively, what I'm trying to, you know, bring forth. And right now I'm thinking a lot about the women in Iran and, and then I'll prayer, do some prayer work around this water and then I'll go and offer it to the land. And I think it's just, it's the intention we put in it that makes it a ritual, mm. you know, and it, and it's, it's what we bring to it. And I think it gives us, I, I don't know, it gives us a sense of something deeper, Right. Yeah. We're connected to something deeper. Otherwise, what is all this about? Oh, my gosh. A buddy of mine, Jason Prawl, did a film series where they explored the blue zones. Mm. And I think it was called Human Longevity Project. And so they traveled all around. And I don't know the five off the top of the head, but one of them was um, Icaria, Greece. Oh. And they found that people that live to be 100 or more across the world in all of the blue zones, the primary factor wasn't nutrition. It wasn't exercise. I mean, those are important. 
but it was actually a belief in a higher power. Mm. That was like the key. That was the key that allowed everything else to be okay because essentially it it took the pressure off of everyone yes. to figure it all out, to be perfect. How has your relationship with God changed since you became a mom of two and going through divorce and being an author and running a business? Like these are not easy things. These are oh really hard things, right? I wouldn't so, be able to do it without God because that's who I go to. <laughs> you know, that's what who is I go God to. to you. What does that mean? I, it's, I mean, it's, I talk to God and, and I ask for guidance Sometimes it's as simple as show me the way, God, just show me the way. And I promise you, if you ask with sincerity, with an open heart, you will get a sign. You will get a sign. I mean, there's been so many things in my life, huge shifts that I wouldn't have been able to do unless I had conviction in God. And like I said, that that health issue that I had where the dark night of the soul you know, I went to see neurologists and and doctors and, you know, they they were like, well, you just have to do Botox, you know, and to get rid of the pain for every day of your life, you know, things like that. And I would say, no, 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 no. And I would just go pray, God, mm. show me the way to heal my body. Show me the way. And it, God showed me the way. I mean, that's, I think like you won't know unless you walk the path and truly open your heart and ask, you know, from a place of respect and reverence. But when you pray to God, what exactly are you praying to? Yeah, well, that's that's the question, right? I think God can't. Yeah. I don't think God can be explained or described. I think it's beyond our scope of, you know. It, it, I mean, I believe in Jesus Christ energy. I definitely believe in that. But but God, um, and I think that's associated with that Jesus Christ energy. But God is so vast that I don't think I can do it justice. Yeah. It's That's almost, a great answer, actually. <laughs> I've, I've asked people that before and they just start going like head answers. And you're just like, well, we don't have words to truly express it because no. we don't. We have to become, you know, to, to quote a mentor of mine, we have to become a heretic. We have to become someone that knows God through experience, through the richness of experience. Like, mm. I don't know if we can ever really know ourselves unless we know God, honestly, because mm. we come from a creation source, whether or not you believe that there is a God. I'm not here to convince anyone, right? I'm just sharing. You're just sharing. Right. So y'all believe whatever you want to believe. But and I mean, I, w I feel for people who don't believe in God. Yeah. I feel like it's a lonelier. Well, that was me for quite some time. Really? <laughs> I mean, there was probably 20 plus years in my life where I was angry at God. I was like, God, you can't fix, you can't bring my dad back. You can't fix my mom. You can't, I mean, mm -hmm. on and on and on. And I realized that was just my ego in pain, my, my, myself, my identity to self was in pain. And so I had to go to many different teachers over mm -hmm. like almost 20 years now to really get the healing that I knew was possible. I just didn't know exactly how I was going to get it. Mm -hmm. And so I would kind of stumble around and find the right people here and there. Like, who's been a healer? Who's been someone or something in your life that when you were stumbling, you really received wisdom from oh, that my healer. Goodness, I've had so many. I mean, I definitely had um, Guru Jagat, my Kundalini teacher who's passed away. She that was, was in Los Angeles? Yes. Yeah. She was very instrumental. Um, let me see. I would say um, there's been people along the way, my grandmother for sure. Um, I mean, our, our neighbor, Rodney, <laughs> you know, who's in his eighties, but he, and he's like built a part of our house for us. Just his, the way he lives in the world, the way he acts in the world. He's sort of my partner. And I always say he's the father both of us never had, mm. you know? So he's, there's people, I think I find that, I think you, it depends where you are in your life. Right. 
I think I had that in an acting teacher when I was 15. Um, so there's been different, different teachers along it's the way. It's hard to pick one, isn't it? Yes. Like when, so, if someone asked me like, what's the best book you've ever read or who, right. <laughs> who's your greatest mentor? I'm like, that's almost too challenging because they all brought unique wisdom for me at a stage in my life when I needed the, uh, the most. Right. And so if, if I would have received that wisdom at the wrong time, then it might've been incredible wisdom, but it was just the wrong time to receive it. Yes. What about in business? Cause a lot of people that are with us, like they, in some way, maybe are spiritual and they don't understand how to connect their spirit or spirituality to business. Oh my goodness. Being a, <laughs> being a woman in the beauty industry and writing a book and like running a true business that's profitable. Have you had to reshape your views on money in your life? Hey, I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I am. One of the things I love to do is Synergy Stack. I've talked about this on a few episodes, but specifically when it comes to our gut health and our cognition, I love Synergy Stacking with our premier sponsors, products from Paleo Valley. The first thing that I do is I take what's called Neuro Effect. This is found over at joshtrent.com forward slash Paleo Valley. Neuro Effect actually improves the speed time in the way your synapses communicate to one another so you can have better verbal fluency and a pick-me-up without caffeine. Isn't that absolutely amazing? I love to synergy stack this with the turkey cranberry sticks that are also great for my gut-brain axis that give me better gut health to help me rise above dysbiosis with the organically raised and humanly processed turkey and beef both from Paleo Valley. You can synergy stack. You can do this. It does not have to be complicated. Pick up a bottle of Neuro Effect and your turkey cranberry orange turkey sticks. Throw in a couple beef sticks as well. So you can be more energized without caffeine using the power of synergy stacking. JoshTrent.com forward slash Paleo Valley. Use the code Josh. You get 15% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. Have you had to reshape your views on money in your life? Definitely. How, how did Definitely. you do that? Well, you know, I did this early on because my father is such an amazing, interesting, creative, artistic, poetic person. He's the Persian one. He's like reads Rumi and lived in Topanga. And he, he taught me a big lesson because he used to always say him and his wife would always say, oh, money isn't important. You don't need money. You know, you can just be, we're poets. We're free spirits. Until the we don't rent believe- is due. Yeah, and then, then money's pretty until nice. Until he got evicted, and I had to support him. Oh, that actually happened. Oh, yeah, and got, buy him a condo. And I, and I was like, from that moment on, I was like, you know what? You be careful what you say, especially about money. Money is an energetic, whatever, an energetic thing that that I respect and value. And I have a whole nother concept of money. And I don't like, you know, uh, talk shit about money anymore (laughs) at all. I am grateful for money because money is freedom. Money is, gives you the freedom to buy the spring water that we want. You know, it's, it it buys us the freedom to, you know, commune with our friends when we want to and, and nourish them with amazing organic foods. And so I have a, a, a valuable respect for money right now. Um, that I don't think I had as a child. What did it feel like as a child? Um, well, I think growing up, hearing my father say that a lot, yeah. you know, and and myself thinking in my head, oh, I'm an artist. I'm a bohemian. You know, that that's really attractive until you're like 30, right? And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh God, yeah. you know, you want to be able to pay your bills. You want right, to be able right. to, I mean, unfortunately we live in this, unless we exit out of this matrix, which is a possibility. I've looked into that too, becoming sovereign. So I don't have to pay taxes. 
So like Jesse Elder's be. work and the whole like right. maritime law and yes, all that. Yes, I mean, been, what a black hole. I've been I wanting mean, to do that. I but know, me too. It, it seems like it would be years. six months of research. I think it's like years. For me to figure out how to do it. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's wild. I do love that whole concept though. I'm okay. such an independent spirit. Like that does <laughs> seem well, good. The, the reason I'm asking you that is because like, you know, you, you appear to me, especially when I was going through the book and just in hanging out with you, you're, you're a deep spiritual woman. And a lot of times people think they have to be one or the other. People think they have to be only spiritual mm. or only cut with the razor of business earn money type person. It's just not the case. No. So how would you describe the bridge between the two? Well, I feel like we're so multifaceted and I talk a lot about this on social media, about the face, like the God, like a lot of women right now are about the goddesses, the goddess light, the goddess, the goddess has a shadow. You know, the goddess in India has Kali and Durga who like will bite your head off if you touch their, you know, hurt their children. Like we can't, there's a yin and yang. We can't just be one thing. We're multifaceted. And I think I was forced to become a business person. I mean, my true nature, my soul, my essence is an artist, creative person. My favorite thing is just to go into my studio and create, you know, magic and alchemy. However, I do have to put on my, my business hat on and, and go answer 30 emails and look at my bank account and go pay bills. And, you know, there's that practical nature too. And I think I was forced into it to be honest, but after years, okay. As an actor, you spend hours and hours and hours working on your craft. And sometimes you don't see anything. You go in on an audition and you get a, no, she wasn't the right type or this and that, and it's done. Whereas now as a business person, I go in and I put 10 or 15 hours into work. I can actually feel it's tangible. And there's something so satisfying about that. So I think once I got that hit of, oh my gosh, I can actually make a product, hold it in my hand, sell it, get cash for it, and then put it back into my business. Like that was such a hit, you know, it was empowering. So the bridge almost feels like the same curiosity and joy you would bring to acting where you'd be pouring in energy. Yes. So the bridge, the bridge honestly sounds like curiosity and energy and and joy. I mean, don't you get could put, me wrong. You could put it towards acting or you could put it towards being right, a businesswoman. Right. But there are moments of, I mean, definitely there are moments when I'm crying and like being like, what am I doing? <laughs> This is so hard. Yeah. You know, like the packaging gets stuck on a and oh customs gosh. and then I can't get the, st the, the, the products to the store in time. And, you know, I have, forgive me if I offend anybody here, but I have to say like, um, I've had a truck on order for six months and we got it in and like everything was going to be good. And then it got stuck on a rail car because, um, GM was in fighting with the, the rail car company. And it just seems like there are so many people that are just doing a job for quote money, mm. but they're not respecting money. The reason I share my frustration about this is because I don't care if it's me checking into a hotel or dealing with a car purchase or even at a restaurant. We, we all can get the sense when someone doesn't give a fuck about what they're doing. They really just don't care. And honestly, I can look back on my own life and realize that I, that was me at many times. I took jobs when I was very young because I just needed to make the money what wisdom could you offer to people based on how you've lived mm. now that are maybe in their twenties or in their mid twenties or late twenties? My gosh, don't get into debt because I think that that's a trap that this, I mean, I, okay, this is the other thing. I love America. I mean, real America, not the America that's slowly unfolding before our eyes right now. Okay. But we'll the, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but the true American dream 
because I've spent time in Europe and there's like a ceiling there. They don't want you to surpass a certain point. Creating your own business in Europe is so hard, so hard. And forget it in like countries like Iran and, you know, so I love this country if you know how to work the system. And I think part of working the system is don't get into debt. I mean, that is so key. And I think that's so important for people in their 20s and 30s, you know, pay off that credit card. Don't let it grow and explode and save a little bit, even if it's just, you know, it sounds boring and trivial. But eventually, when you think about just that little bit that you're saving every week, you know, it it, it manifests, it grows. Um, Have you seen the movie Avatar? A long time ago, yeah. When you were talking right now, I remembered when the main character went into the forest at night. And there was all these like jackals and beasts that were about to kill him because he didn't know you're not supposed to be walking around at night. And then the female came and saved him. But that's what the credit industry is. That's what the whole financial system is. The entire societal construct for all of us is about how much of your life force energy can I pull without you actually knowing exactly. it? It's like, it's like a parasite. Exactly. A parasite a sucks pirate. enough <gasps> blood from you so, so that you still survive, but it makes you slowly sick. So that is true. exactly what credit and the, the bureaus, the credit the bureaus, interest. even the CFPB, yes. the, the, con, the, the protection bureau, they're in bed with the bureaus they're themselves. All in bed with each it is other. the most vile, heinous system. But I think immigrants have figured out like I, you know, when we built our house where we're at, we had lovely Mexican crew that helped us and they have no email, you know, no texting, everything's done by cat. And then, but I see that they know how to figure out, they've figured out the system, you know, without debt, without like, like there's a way to do it. I think then we can learn from immigrants because they sort of have this know-how, you know, from where they've come from. Sure. Yeah. There's a way to best to not get stuck in the system. Yeah. And then there is Use a way, it. there is a way to get out of this system once you're in there and it's like, make a smart plan. I'll link a resource from Justin Donald. We interviewed mm. on the show. Um, and then also some interesting stuff about crypto with Robert Breedlove. I don't know if you're involved with crypto at you all. You know, it's or- so funny. I was almost, uh, this is one of my intuition. I, I was going to trying to buy it when it was at 60 and I was like, and I, and then at the last second, I was like, I can't do it. I just don't And then it went boom. And then it went boom. So now I'm like, hmm, maybe I should. Yes. Well, the reason I was asking you that is because a lot of, a lot of how we act in life, it depends on our, on our constitution. Mm. And so if I, if I'm more of like, uh, you talk about this in the book, the three doshas, if I'm, I am identifying more as a pitta, like a hot person. So I, as you notice, it's really cool in the studio. And like, (laughs) I, I really love cooling off. I love the cold tanks. So in other words, if I approach money as money is evil, money is bad, my constitution's already heated up. Mm. So if I'm thinking about money as money is just more heat, more pain, then money's going to run from me. How do you, this is really interesting. I've never thought about this. I know. Talk about the doshas, the three doshas. There's three, right? Yes. So there's three, but we are made up of a little bit of all of them sometimes. And how might and the, how might money relate into people identifying or just experiencing themselves as a That is interesting because I've never, I've never thought of it Me like either. that. That is actually fascinating. We can that just play something. with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is Vata, which is, uh, there's Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. That's basically the, in Ayurveda, they break it down to these three doshas. And Vata is usually, usually they can tell by your body type, how you feel temperature wise, the foods you crave. Um, Vata is usually someone who's slender, high nervous energy, um, dry skin, uh, Pitta is a little bit more fiery. Um, uh, you, they get hot 
easily. I like cooling things. Uh, yeah, cooling yeah. things. So, and then kapha is more earth heavy, oily. Uh, and the idea is we, we, if we're out of balance, you know, I think I was very vata in my youth. And so I had, my nervous system was like fried and now, you know, I've gotten much more kapha living out in the earth. You know, I try to earth the earthing with your feet mm. on the ground and the, you know, gets you down into the kapha, um, elements. Uh, pitta is actually, I think good if you use it the right way. See, I, I actually have pitta pitta is the thing that gets you to do something. Vata might be, you have an idea in your head and maybe if you don't have enough pitta, you'll never do it. It'll just be ruminating in your head. But the pitta, the fire is that ambition that can actually get it from point A to point B, mm. you know? So sometimes these things are, and if they're out of whack, that's why you have things like if you're pitta, you might want cucumbers, watermelon, cold baths to try to get your pitta, you know, calm your pitta down. How do we decipher what, is our dosha? How do we do that? Well, there's tests online. Uh -huh. you, can, you can easily Google it and take is there a test. Just, is there general guidance that you could give? Well, I can tell from looking too at someone, okay. you know, like I can definitely see you, you've got pitta. I think you'd be, your pitta kapha maybe, um, you know, like my partner is very kapha, you know, and, and it's like, it's interesting to, so then I know he probably needs something to make him more bring out the pitta or the vata, you know, the air and the fire. Um, but yeah, people can do this on their own and, and it does short, sort of show you what foods you should eat, you know, what things you need. Um, for women, I always say ghee is very good, especially for beauty. That's what a lot of women in India do Yeah, and women to have the tendency to be very, uh, vata and dry. So the, the ghee will make your skin and your hair and everything a little bit more luxurious. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, ghee does not have the same lactose as butter. It's, right. a, it's a different source, right? right? Is there still lactose in ghee? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think so, but I think it's the way it's, it's clarified yeah. better. We have a huge jar. I mean, like oh, probably bigger Good. than this that's on our counter Spoonfuls. in the kitchen. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and we give it to Nova. And so mm. I'm all about it. And, and I'm curious when we think about nutrition, like nutrition is really what makes the skin either bright or dark, you know, as oh, far yeah. as like skin spots and acne and all this 100%. stuff. 100%. Is there specific foods for each dosha or can we literally apply like a handful or two of key foods that heal and support all doshas? Well, oh yeah, there's tri trifecta dosha foods, which like you said, are good for all three. Definitely. I think and is these, that info in the book? Some of that info? There is some of that in the Great. book, definitely. Okay. And that's why the things like um, you know, um, kitchari, kitchari, which is this lentil dish made with, uh, lentils and ghee and vegetables. This is a tri trifecta dosha. Like it's great for all doshas. So there's definitely things that you can have. That's great for, you know, cucumber with yogurt is a great one too. There's definitely, I mean, that's what it's ingrained in their, in their culture. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was thinking about, okay, if I, if I feel like I'm pitta kapha, um, what was the other one? Pitta, kapha. Vata. Vata. So whether I'm identifying oh. in one way, how would I make money a part of that? How right. would money That's interrelate interesting. with me? Because kapha can be like late, can get lazy. So right. the kapha element is like, yeah, that's the one problem. That's the negative part of being kapha. There's a positive and negative to each one. Yeah. So yes, if you're too kapha, like you get a little lazy, you don't have the motivation, I would say you need to do some breath work and get that pitta breath to activate the Agni. Agni is sort of the digestion, digestive fires in us in Ayurveda. So I would do a pitta fire breath 
breath of fire to activate that kapha. So you get more ambitious, you get more, you know, and, and direct it, go, okay, I'm going to do this three minutes of this breath work to activate my bill, bill taking process right now, you yeah. know, like actually put, set an intention. But I remembered what I was going to tell you about foods for brightening skin. So I had terrible melasma after my first daughter in my 20s. What is melasma? Melasma is a lot of women who have had children, they get dark spots oh. on their skin. It's around their mouth, around their face. It's like, like dark patches. So um, glutathione is excellent. Liver cleanses are excellent. Uh, coffee enemas are excellent. Um, these They're are all addictive vitamins. though. Coffee enemas are so good. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I want to feel like that every day without putting coffee in my butt. Right. <laughs> How do I feel that good every day without the That's tube in my butt? It's impressive that you do that. <laughs> I mean, I haven't done it in a while because they're they're so good that I'm like, I could see that being addictive. <laughs> but it's do, great that you've done it. How often do you coffee enema? Well, it depends. I was that I found coffee enemas when I was going through that pain because that was mm. it's actually a pain reliever. And mm. they used to do it in World War II, apparently, when they ran out of morphine in uh, Germany. And that's how they, they re re uh, discovered coffee enemas. That's fascinating. Yes. I've never heard that before. Yes. They started doing it for the soldiers to get, because it, it gets rid of pain. And that's how I got stumbled onto it. Cause I had such excruciating pain after that car accident. I was like, I'll do anything. <laughs> and believe me, I never wanted to do an enema. And I was like, I will do anything. Good enough for soldiers in a war is definitely good enough for you. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And then I noticed that it cleared my skin of melasma. And I was like, Oh my God, there's so many brilliant things to this. And that, of course, led me to parasite cleanses. I think everyone should do parasite cleanses. I mean, I'm obsessed with parasite cleanses now. Um, do you think that, that most people have parasites? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, how could we not? You know, we're just the, and like you were talking earlier about the parasitic energies. I think once you clear yourself, once you start drinking this clear water, once you do coffee enemas, once you do parasite cleanses, you see, yeah, we may not have to do plant medicine. We can see the entities and the darkness around certain people, you know, like certain people will come towards me and I'll be like, oh my God, I have so many parasites. I can just see them. <laughs> you know, I can see them on there in the swirling around their bodies. Like I can, I feel like I see it now. Is that know? because you yourself have been uh, purified in a way where your natural, I guess for lack of a better term, your six foot radius, you know, your microbes, your gut mm. can feel them. Like yeah. you've cleaned yourself to a like point. And I feel like my pituitary might be so clear that I just see on another dimension, you know, and it's, you know, they say we're going to this five, right. This five G level now, not five G the thing, but like, right. Not with Mill 3D. No, five D five D yeah. <laughs> right. Not Mill Valley, but maybe it's this ascension too, where we're going to a whole nother way of being. Yeah. We're seeing things clearly. I've always felt, I love this. I've always felt that, that our body is a conduit, right? So we're, we're very osmotic. So I, we take in food and water and then we release it. And so but people forget we have like a big net inside of us that mm. catches everything. Yeah. And so just because you're eating like, like back in my trainer days, as long as you eat 2000 calories, it's fine. It's like, no, you could be eating mycotoxins from CAFO meat. Mm. You could be eating MSG from crap What's chips, and, meat? Uh, controlled animal feeding operations oh. where they just have animal, like non grass fed, non organically raised meat where these animals just stand in their own feces and they're not, not allowed to move. And it's wild. If people actually knew what was going on with animals right. and the way they're raised, they probably would not eat meat. Well, that's anymore. why I was vegetarian for 25 years. I think because of that, that, that 
idea of what's going on. Of course, yeah. now I do eat meat that's like grass fed and regenerative farming. I feel so much better. But see, you've created a life where you can not only afford these things, but these things help you afford life itself. Mm. Like you've, you've created a life for, for you that you care for other people. You give other people ways that they can really express their beauty but you've done that in a way that is so unique to you and everybody, let's be honest, everybody wants to like have their own business, have their own freedom, have their own stuff. There's no way on one podcast you could tell us the entire story about how you, <laughs> you know, founded the beauty company and what you do, but maybe share just a couple of things that if you wish you knew them when you started, mm, oh that it would goodness. be really helpful for people that on are aspiring business. just specifically on the business and honestly how you've created the life that you have. Mm. I think that's what most of us are interested in. Like how do you create a life of freedom with business as a vehicle? Wow. That's well, I would say if you can start finding your way to get that piece of land, even if it's just an acre, like I feel like that's freedom, right? If we can find a way like saving the money or getting something, like if that's our goal, first we have to have the goal, right? I've always had that goal to have land, live off grid, grow my own herbs, have our animals. Like that's always been. So I think if you have that goal in your mind, you're the rest, you know, you're, you will find a way, mm. um, the business stuff. I mean, that's, it is hard. It is hard, but it is also possible. I think it's like with anything, when you put your heart and soul into it and you you have discipline, I think we've also, for, we forget in our society how important discipline is. And I think Kundalini taught me discipline, ballet. I was a ballet dancer as a child. So I think that taught me discipline. Um, fear of poverty probably <laughs> gave me discipline. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I think there's things that can, we do need that too for our businesses, you know. How did Kundalini teach you discipline? Oh my gosh. Have you been to Tantric, White Tantric ever on the top of the mountain in New Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, I don't think they, they stopped after COVID, but uh -huh. that will teach you Oh my gosh. It's like the hardest thing. One of the hardest things I've ever done, but also the most fulfilling. How? Well, it's eight hours of meditation on top of a mountain with a partner, you know, for three days in the heat. I mean, there's nothing harder really. And, but when you do it, you've climbed the biggest mountain of your life and you can do anything. It's one full day. Three days. Three days. Mm -hmm. And do you get to eat it all? Uh, yeah, they, they, they do give you breaks Okay, and they, I mean, it's so, you get so high and delirious and they feed you, they give you watermelon with salt, which becomes like the best thing you've ever had I in your imagine. life. I can imagine. I mean, that sounds good right now. I mean, I know, right? Yeah. Because you're sweating and you're hot and you're thirsty and then you're meditating and then you have this watermelon with salt. I mean, there's nothing better because you're, you're so deprived. You're in such a state of deprivation. Then you have this watermelon with salt. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can see why they say it can be mind control because there's been times when I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm going to be a Sikh. I'm just going to like, cause I just, you, you get so high from that, wow. from the breath and the into i mean you're gazing at another person for eight hours oh you're doing you're not just meditating no. you're doing eye gazing oh, yeah, for the no, whole time oh yeah there's exercises where you're doing yeah it's yeah. it's incredible so do you start to see that god is in the other person and in oh, you yes oh yes so there's 100%. is there a complete illusion that's wiped away like are you do yes. you disassociate your ego yeah i mean you go through all the all the emotions and all the, you know, all the escape, you know, wanting to cry. I mean, it's like everything because it's, it's excruciating, but it's yeah. also blissful. 
Wow, I could see I could see the discipline in that because a lot of people think of discipline as like um, Jocko Willink and getting up at 4 a.m. and working out like that's discipline, too. Yeah. But there's also like a spiritual discipline that I think is really necessary for business. Mm. And the times where I've been um, not adherent to my spiritual practices, my biz definitely gets harder. Yes, for sure. In other words, the further away I am from God, the, the less I'm able to see the easier path. Definitely. How have you seen that play out for you? I mean, I, I think it even is like, sometimes I'll be, I'll just say, God, I need, I need, please show, show me the way again. I'm having an issue right now. And I mean, that, that always seems to help for yeah. sure. And yes, going away from my practice, I, I will, will show in my business for sure. Is there any other like tactical things that you could share with maybe someone who's in a position right now? And they're just like, I have to get out of this slavery. I have to get out of this slavery. Oh my gosh. Well, Whether it's slavery, work or relationship I feel like or anything. The, the, it's actually going to be falling apart, the system. I mean, I, it seems like it is. I think that we're deeply in debt and they can't cover it up anymore. And I mean, I would say buy silver right now. Like if you can, even if it's just $100 worth of silver, because I think silver is only going to go up. Mm. Um cash who knows i mean europe is in trouble right now i mean there's the, i'm fascinated that's where i geek out like i love listening to all the stuff that's happening right now because i think there's a dismantling there's a look we have to go to the digital mon- monetary system that's inevitable so how they're going to do that how are they going to do it they're going to dismantle our systems mm-hmm. so i don't know how that's going to happen could be this possible war with russia i hope not could be, you know, I think COVID was an attempt and now I don't know. I mean, I, so I would say buy silver because Bitcoin, I'm not, I want to, but I don't yeah. know enough about it to right. be honest. Yeah. That's interesting. So you're saying for people, no matter if it's small or medium or large, make sure that they're getting land, having silver and just taking care of all their bases. But I w- I would love it if or you community, could speak. Right. But yeah. like if you merge your, your resources with 10 other people, you couldn't afford to buy land, right? I'd love for you to share, um, maybe at the very beginning of your journey with, um, you know, writing the book, maybe the book came later on, actually, how many years were you actually selling products and being in business before you wrote the book? Um, around the same time, I guess. Well, the book, hmm, I had my blog first and then, uh, I had a shop on there. I've closed that, but I used to sell things on there called the local Rose general store. And then the book came about, um, no, the products came about and then the book. Yeah. What was something that, that really helped you succeed in business in the beginning? Mm, You know, I mean, friends do help community does help, you know, like goop, goop, I, you know, I hate to say, but they, they gave me a start. So it's, it, it actually does help. That's know, a nice friend. A, yeah. Goop. I mean, I also got in trouble. <laughs> oh yeah. What do you mean? Uh, I did a thing on the Yoni egg and then they got in trouble for that. Yoni. Are egg you thing. kidding? Yeah. Now they're doing stuff where it's crazy. I they're, know. They're having the Yoni- people totally naked <laughs> and like making love on their documentaries. Are they? Yeah. And then you got in trouble for a freaking well, Yoni egg. Gwyneth got in trouble because I introduced her to the Yoni egg and I showed her how to use it and gave her lessons. And then she blog- she wrote about it on Goop and then they sold the Yoni egg that I was selling on their site. And then some doctor who wasn't really a doctor came out and then they had to like 
a cord or something. I don't know. So that's so wild. It's so wild. So having the right kind of friends and, and not, and that's what but I heard from you. That's not what, I mean, I'm just saying friend, we help each other. Sure, don't we? Sure. We, I mean, Luke put me on his podcast in the yes. very beginning and this community, this network that we're creating, this family we're creating, not that Goop and Gwen, I mean, they're, I'm not on their side anymore. <laughs> I think I've become too much of an- There's uh, no more Yoni egg on there? <laughs> no, no, just me personally being as vocal as I am. Oh, yes. Being in Texas, you know, just everything. See. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I've been kicked out of that Eden, um, mm. <laughs> but I'm saying like, we help yeah. each other, like just having friends and- you know, like, I think that helps having friends that have shops that we could go to that could promote our things. And yeah, you know, and, and really aligning yourself with people that are also having a shared dream of freedom. Cause it's really easy to just be like, Oh, I'll, I'll get with the popular people and I'll make friends with rich people. It's like, duh. Well, of course that's going to benefit <laughs> you, but, but having a, a shared alignment with people that really love freedom. I think that's really what I'm feeling oh, in my yes. own life is I just will not, I will not bow down. I will not be a slave. And in some ways I still am. And I think we all are in tiny little ways that we're still shedding this slavery aspect. But when you look at the role of freedom and especially our way to express beauty, how do you see freedom now versus, you know, maybe five years ago? What does that look like for you now to be free Mm. now in 2022? Well, I think it's getting harder and I think it's more valuable and I hold on to freedom. I mean, I, I will die for freedom, especially being half Iranian, seeing what's happening in Iran. That's what can happen here, by the way. Yeah. It can easily happen here. I mean, during COVID, like the mask situation and the, I mean, we, we, you could see how we can easily go down to a tyranny, tyr, tyranny, you know, we can have that sort of system implode on us. I mean, it, it's like, crazy how night and day things and maybe i know that it's in my dna i saw a country in iran go you know and that revolution was by the way pushed by foreign entities you know u.s had a part in that britain had a part in it russia had a part in it so you know i know very well how things can just turn overnight and i think that's also my you know my partner sometimes thinks that i'm too much of a (laughs) he's like a natural prepper because he's like texan and loves to be independent. Yeah. I probably come from it from trauma, you know, having lived in a place where we had to eat canned foods under candlelight. Like I, and being in the polar vortex, by the way, that, I mean, we got a generator after that. We got like, I think self-sufficiency to me, the freedom, that's like the most, uh, what is that? That's the most, um, not even like the, the biggest richness, right? Yeah. The biggest commodity. And it doesn't always, yes, money plays a part in that, but it doesn't have to be solely just a money conversation. Mm-mm. I mean, it's big though. If you, if you don't have the money to buy a generator, you ain't buying a generator. No, but it's also so, friendships. Like what do you do if the system falls apart? Sure. You better know your farmers. Absolutely. You better know, you better be able to trade something. Maybe you know how to weld. Maybe you yeah. know how to, you know, give breath work. Class. I mean, we have to be able to barter, have that in the back of our heads too. Yeah. What can we barter for food? That's so good. We have to be able to still be analog in a freaking digital world. Mm. I remember I interviewed a woman about, she was a dating coach and she said that men are scared to be analog. And I was like, what do you mean? She yeah, said, what is that mean? analog is when you actually like, like a watch that you wind up. Right. It's an analog watch. They're scared of that. It's an old school way to relate to women where women really want a man to approach. Women want a man to like, 
not be swiping on Tinder and texting her DMs that they've copy pasted from their notes. Right. Like <laughs> men, men, uh, our, our natural desire in life is to find our partner, to create our kingdom, to do our thing. But I think because of the narrative that I'm personally seeing, I'm very aware of it. If I pull back 30,000 feet, what I see is I see the infiltration of the Chinese Communist Party pushing a lot of money into Hollywood specifically. Mm. And then Hollywood is shaping the narrative mm -hmm. at little boys aren't girls, little girls are boys, vice versa. Let's, let's, let's push this gender dysphoria conversation. Right. Let's also push the fact that the family is a bad thing that feminism is a gift to the world. And I think that when feminism started, it was really pure and it was needed, but the pendulum has swung so far to the other side right. that this fifth wave feminism is actually crushing families. It's it's guilting women that they should be boss babe, boss bitch. You don't need a man. Mm. Man's no 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 right. point than a man being <laughs> in your life. And then, and then men are having their own toxicity too, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, you know, and I've heard this before, girls are just bitches bitches and hoes. It's so terrible. I, I even like when I say it, I get nauseous because it's not how I usually talk, mm -hmm. but I see it and I hear it. And I see it with the media specifically like Cardi B mm -hmm. and all of these different media sources. We have like little Nas who's humping the devil. Like we're, it's just crazy town right crazy. now. And people are going like this and, and kind of hoping it goes away. It ain't going to go away. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go away. What do we do with all of this? How do we lead our lives where we're not fighting against that stuff, yeah. but we're actually moving towards a more loving I solution? I think by creating what you're creating, right? Like a loving family based on love and respect and honor, you know, that, that honor, what happened to honor? Like that was yeah. such a beautiful no concept, no doubt. you know, and I always have called myself a feminine feminist. Like I want a man to open a door for me. Like I do. I like that. You know, I like that <laughs> there's, you know, my guy can protect me. Like that's, there's nothing sexier. Yeah. Like that's like a good, that's like what we want. Especially I think when he does it and he doesn't want anything back from you. Like he's literally just being the it's masculine. His he's opening the door for you. It's his just nature. Cause. Right, right. Just cause. I mean, he can be so extremely masculine and I, I'm always very careful. Like I'm like, I, I don't want to ever dampen that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like let, let that blossom. Cause I think in the world you can be like canceled for <laughs> anything like that, which is crazy. Everything we've talked about, we're both canceled. <laughs> You We're know, both cancel fucking canceled right now. <laughs> we cancel each other. <laughs> but it's, I think deeply people want, don't want this bullshit, you know, no, they thing don't. that they're being yeah. fed, they don't. you know, and the plastic surgery and the concept of beauty that's being warped. It's so warped right now that we don't even know what, you know, natural beauty is like it's so, and for the children, I mean, I worry for my, you know, for my girls, like to have to live in that. It's just, it's really, we have to, we have to be the role models. That's all we can do. Yeah. I always, even before we recorded, I said, it's cool to like paint the problem, but also unroll the solution. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the solution to all of this stuff, whether it's girls feeling like they're not pretty enough, the dysphoria that's created by the narrative from the CCP in Hollywood mm. or any of the financial stress that's created by the debt industry. Really, it's, it's a massive industry, the debt industry. All of this is really just a snatch of people's attention. It grabs people's psyche and it makes them think that something is real when it's actually not real. Mm. The reality is that we're all free. We all have freedom. We just haven't embodied it yet. It right. just, it just hasn't actually integrated and sunken into our But I don't, I, I worry though about like the single mom that can't take her kid to daycare in LA 
unless yeah. they have 50,000 shots. Absolutely. And she, I mean, they Seems are like they time free? for her to move from LA. Yeah. Are they free and paying $7 a gallon for gas and then getting more in debt? Like I, you know, I feel so blessed that we can create our worlds, our lives now, but there's people who are so deep in and it's, I mean, that, that's who I really fear for and worry about. It's funny when you said analog, because I remember I had a smart meter on my house in LA and I yeah. called up the water department. And I was like, I want an analog they were like, what? <laughs> I was like, I want an analog meter. Cause it's, and that's a metaphor, right? Like the yeah. man, you know, the analog man versus the man who's like the smart man, who's going to yes. be giving off all this Wi-Fi <laughs> signal that's hurting us. <laughs> that's an interesting I metaphor. Well, I think the road ahead is positive. I do, but I think we're going to have to experience a lot of crunchiness, yeah. a lot of darkness well, first. Well, this awakening, I mean, this, this a lot of light workers and people say that we're, you know, we're in the birth canal right now. It we're feels still like going it. Through. Yeah. It this retrograde like that it. just happened. Oh, oh my gosh. God. I know. And I think it's going to be another year or two. And then eventually I hope there's this new world that people talk about this new earth, this new world, this beautiful place where, you know, the Aquarian yeah. age, I hope. I remember I've read Charles Eisenstein saying mm. something like the, the beautiful world that we all know is possible or something like that. And ever since I was a little kid, I always wondered like, why do you adults treat each other this way? And what is all this like capitalism all about? I'm actually pro capitalism. I'm, I'm pro conscious capitalism. Too, I think, yeah. I think it's amazing. Me like too. I love, I love paying my contractors and I yes. love what they do for us. And I love the video we put out and I love, I love it all because without that, they couldn't do it. Right. So why would I have any hatred? But also that? without that, you can't give to people less, you know, more need. Yes, exactly. Right. Like exactly. you can't have philanthropy unless you've got a surplus. Yeah. I mean, like that's the thing people don't understand. <laughs> I'd love to hear as we round out here, I'd love to hear your, your viewpoint on this. What I've been exploring for myself and what I've been teaching for a long time is this Pentagon of wellness. We did a massive rebrand this year and we put a Pentagon, a water sign, an upside down triangle and a circle for wholeness. And in the Pentagon is mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, financial wellness. And really like those aspects, we have to constantly nourish those aspects. Otherwise one starts to steal from the other in your own life. How do you balance all of these things? I know it's a really big question, mm. but how do you balance those five sides of the Pentagon for yourself? You know, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about like how I think my business, to be honest, I think my business may have been doing better when I was single. You know, I do think that like there, there is sometimes maybe, can it be equally distributed? I don't know. That's a very good question. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a, that's something that we're probably always striving for. Um, but I think maybe we come into different cycles in our lives too, you know, where one period of time, maybe the Pentagon, there's one part, one branch that might have a little bit more of a shining light, Yeah. but maybe the, the key is to have the center, right? The center be the most illuminated so it can reach out to all the, the five different branches. And I think that comes from the heart that comes from, you know, nourishing ourselves, nourishing our families, our nuclear families nourishing our earth, nourishing as much as we can, you know, and doing these things, connecting with God. I mean, I think that is key. And then hopefully all these different branches can be lit up with those, right? Yeah. I love that. And I also think it's, it's kind of like a, 
a boomerang where as you, let's say you notice that your mental wellness is suffering. And as you pour into that, the reciprocity of you pouring into that and being honest about that, mm. it kind of starts feeding into the others as well. In other words, like the more honest I am with, with where I know I am, mm -hmm. the easier it is for all those parts to be supported. Right. No, it's a beautiful concept. I like that. Yeah. And the Pentagon is so, I mean, isn't Texas, is that a Pentagon? Um, the, like the, on the, the star, flag or the star, the Texas star, it might be, you know, it's funny. I have it on my arm. Isn't that wild? And I got that when I was that, in Hawaii. I realized that recently that that's the Pentagon. Wow. I literally did not even think about that until right now. One, two, three, four, five. You're right. Oh. <laughs> But this is why I love podcasting. Like, Holy shit. Holy shit. In this whoa, I never thought whoa, I'd be in freaking whoa. Texas. Okay. Like well, Texas, I never thought a hundred years I would be here. But I'm here. It, We're it here almost for a makes reason. you think it almost makes you think that a lot of this stuff has been preordained, but I also do believe in free will. I definitely believe in free definitely. will for sure. But to do the Pentagon, it's also the witch, which, you know, reclaiming the witch. I feel like a lot of women are reclaiming witch, the witch wound and okay. which, you know, are being able to be herbalists and speak our truth and not get burned at the yeah. stake. But a lot of us are in Texas. I don't know. There's And the Texas is the, I don't know. It's all yeah. just coming full I just circle. wish it would cool down. It's so freaking hot here. I'm like, get out, you know? All right. We've had a great conversation. We've explored a lot of territory. Yes, we have. Thank what is, you. what is something that you feel like we haven't explored? You know, we've talked about the book. This is whole beauty and it's honestly a rad coffee table book. It's got some thickness to it and there's <laughs> a lot you. of wisdom in here. There's recipes, there's beautiful photos. Um, and there's just on uh, like breathing breath of fire. There's a lot of rituals and practices and recipes and tools in here mm. that are really useful for people. So thank you so much for writing thank this book. You. Thank you for awesome. doing what you're doing and bringing us together. You're thank welcome. You. Is there anything that you feel like we didn't explore? Like a oh territory? my gosh, no, I think we got it all right. All right. We, we got everything. Okay. <laughs> Y'all tell them where to go so that they can get the book, um, get the products. And this is for men and women, your skincare line. Definitely. Obviously, maybe more women maybe resonate with the brand, yes. but I but mean, I'm working on a men's oil. I do want okay, to do. Well, a I will be your oil. guinea pig okay, for that. Definitely, um, but give them a, a place to go to learn um, about you and get involved. Well, ShivaRose.com is the skincare. The local rose I haven't been very active on, but you can find my course Whole Health on there, and the Moon course I have a course on the Moon too. Cycles of the Moon, and Instagram is local rose. Okay, well that'll all be right below the video you're watching or tap wherever you're listening on your podcast and all the links are right there. Shiva, thank you so much for coming on Thanks. this podcast. As we say goodbye, leave people with the wisdom of the defining moment for you that you really realize what wellness was. Or in other words, how would you define wellness? What does it mean for you to live your life well? Mm. I think wellness is being, it's like a well, right? It's basically a well of love and a well of knowledge and a well of clarity that we have within ourselves. And once we start excavating this well, it can just be like a fountain of wellness shooting up forever, eternally, I hope. Fill the well. Fill the well. Oh my gosh. Okay. Until we see you again, Shiva and I are both wishing you love and wellness. We'll talk to you soon. This podcast is brought to you by our trusted friends at Organifi, the creators of the Organifi Gold, my number one turmeric lemon balm and superfood adaptogen bombshell. 
that, trust me, will make you sleep like a baby. I know this because I use it on the regular. Not only is this one of my top sleep supplements I use personally, but also it helps my nervous system and my stomach calm down at the end of the day in the evenings, especially if I've had a stressful day. I know you have those too because you're human. (laughs) And because we're human, the best thing to do is take loving care of the human body, starting with quality sleep, not just quantity. This is going to allow you to have the highest quality of life possible. So if you've been struggling with sleep, give this superfood adaptogen powder, the Organifi Gold, a test drive for a special deal over at wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi. O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi. Pick up a 30-day supply, give it a test drive. If you don't like it, you can send it back, but no one's ever done that, (laughs) as far as I've heard. 20% off is the biggest discount you'll find over the entire internet. We're grandfathered in. These savings are for you. Head over to wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi and use the code wellnessforce. Share this with your friends, your family, and anyone who wants to drink the gold and sleep well. Thank you for being with us on the Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. Every link, resource, and wellness good you heard today can be found at your show notes page. Roll over to joshtrent.com forward slash podcast, and you just got an exceptional gift of wellness and wisdom. Don't let it go to waste. Don't be one of those people who hears a podcast, smiles, gets entertained, but puts down their phone and doesn't embody it doesn't use it. You can choose something different today. And I know you feel this to start a new journey. Head over to joshtrent.com forward slash M21 and get three free weeks of coaching from me to you directly in your inbox. Get your free morning 21 wellness guide, including your breathwork practice and guided journey from my heart to yours based on 20 years of my own experience. That's joshtrent.com forward slash M21. And if you're ready to dive deeper right now, join us in the wellness and wisdom community by enrolling in our Breathe Breath and Wellness program over at breathwork.io. At breathwork.io, this is a three-week journey where you're going to save $150,000 and months of travel to learn the best of the best breathing science and spirit to apply into your life to eradicate stress using your breath. The world's not getting any easier, but you can be stronger. Join me on this three-week guided journey, including binaural beats, guided breathwork meditations, proper posture and muscle training, so you can learn how to use your breath as your ally for the rest of your life. No matter what comes your way, if you can breathe, you can choose. Use code PODCAST25 over at breathwork.io to save 25% off your Breathe Breath and Wellness three-week guided program to work directly with me at breathwork.io. Use code podcast25 to save 25% off. I cannot wait to see you in the program.